to episode 233 of the SCO Show, probably a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the great folks at SB Nation. My name is Mark Schofield, back in the big chair for today, Monday, April 11th, 2022, and we are getting closer, right? Closer and closer every day to the 2022 NFL Draft, and to that end, today is our first of what will be three Mock Draft Monday installments of the SCO Show, leading right up to the aforementioned 2022 NFL Draft. In the first part of the show, you will get basically sort of a recap of what just dropped at Touchdown Wire right before the weekend. My first three-round mock draft. I think, honestly, I've been doing this now. Man, I've been doing this a while, let's put it that way. Uh, Seven years, I think. This is my first ever three-round mock draft. I don't remember doing another one. Now, I kept it clean, no trades, mostly for my own sanity, but that dropped on Friday. And so I'm going to recap sort of the first round, kind of work through some things as we go through it, and then, of course, focus in on what I did for the New England Patriots with each of their selections. And in the second half of the show, your listener mocks. First time in a long time we dive into that. But before we dive into anything, your usual cavalcade reminders, please do follow along with the hijinks on the Bird app. At Mark Schofield. Check out the work at a variety of places. USA Today's Touchdown Wire, Big Blue View, Blue Green Nation, Blog and the Boys, Pat's Pulpit, all sorts of fun SB Nation sites. But as always, the easiest way is on the old Bird app at Mark Schofield. Now, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, I'm recording this on Friday. Um, as I mentioned in Wednesday's show, going out of town. So you're co- kind of getting this canned as they say in the biz in the industry on the trades and speaking to the speaking of trades if if something breaks and this show is obsolete by the time it airs on monday well apologies couldn't be helped now i will have all my stuff with me so if say hypothetically tom brady gets traded back to the new england patriots on sunday morning like yeah i'll be able to do something but provided that doesn't happen this is what you get Let's dive into the mock. Um, I'm going to sort of buzz through the first round and, and stop at places uh, that make sense to me. This was a what I think will happen, not a what I would do mock, and you'll see that with the fourth pick, basically. But we kick it off. First pick overall, Jacksonville Jags. I still think Evan Neal is a possibility here, but Aiden Hutchinson seems to be the trend, the consensus. Although it's it's... It's not like in recent years where you knew, yeah, this guy's going first overall. Burrow's going one. Yeah, you know, Trevor Lawrence is going one. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Jacksonville can go in any number of directions. And Doug Peterson has built good offensive lines before. Offensive lines, offensive line play helped him win a Super Bowl in Philadelphia. So if they end up going O-line, it wouldn't surprise me. But Hutchinson seems to be the pick there. Detroit Lions at two. I know there's buzz about Willis right now, but everybody keeps telling me that no— Look, they're going to go defense and sort of wait and feel out quarterback. They don't want to rush it. They don't feel like they have to force it. I still love Kyle Hamilton. I think he's the pick at two. We'll see. Number three, Kaywon Thibodeau, the Houston Texans. It's funny. I was poking around on some draft simulators, and PFF's draft simulator has needs for the Houston Texans every position, which I thought, yeah, that kind of makes sense. So Thibodeau, the pick at three. At four is where... I, go, I keep going in my mind what I would do is Sauce Gardner, and I know every time I do that, Jets fans are like, no, 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 no. They don't need a corner. They've got good corners. They've got guys that can play. They're going to go in a different position. 
Maybe there's something to that. And if they do go to a different position, Trayvon Walker. I wouldn't do it. And I, a fascinating discussion um, with, with some friends in the industry recently about Trayvon Walker. And, and Jeff Risden made this comparison. Trayvon Walker is kind of like the Malik Willis of the edge class, right? You're basically bettered on something that you haven't really seen on film. And while with Willis, you might do it because positional value, number one, the seismic events we talked about earlier this last week, um, and the fact that the quarterback class is a bit unsettled. If you bet on Trayvon Walker over, say, a Kayvon Thibodeau, a Jermaine Johnson, guys that have done it on film, you know, that's a, a that might be a tougher sell. But his trend line is up. So he goes up four to the Jets at five. I, I think this is where, if you're going to see a trade, as we get to in a second, this is where it happens. Because I have the, the Giants, as I said, no trades in this draft. So the Giants at five, they go with Sauce Gardner, which I think is a great pick. And then at six, you get Malik Willis to the Panthers, which is why I think five is a spot to get to if you want to get up for a quarterback to get your guy. Because Carolina's sitting there at six. They either go OT or they go quarterback. So if you want to make sure you get your guy, you get to five. And the reason why the Giants might be comfortable trading out of five, say they trade out of five. In this scenario here, you'd have a quarterback at five, another quarterback at six in all likelihood, and then at seven, they get Evan Neal. I mean, and, and by the way, if you're a Giants fan and you come out of the first night of the draft with Sauce Gardner at five and Evan Neal at seven, like, calling sick to work the next day. At eight, Drake London to Atlanta. In this scenario, I just felt like Quarterback, perhaps, but Atlanta, you know, with Marcus Mario, they don't have to force it. They obviously have a need at receiver. I like London. We talked about London earlier this week. He's my wide receiver one. Not that that counts for anything. But London, the pick at eight. At nine, Seattle, they obviously got to address offensive line. Iquanu from NC State. At 10, New York Jets, Jameson Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama. Um... You know, maybe maybe there's a bit of overlap in skill set between him and Moore, but I think Williams can play a little bit on the outside as well. And that's not a bad little haul. Trayvon Walker and Jameson Williams in the top 10 for the New York Jets. At 11, Washington, Chris Olave. It does seem like receiver is where they're going to go. I know people have said quarterback, but having just traded for Carson Wentz, I don't think you then draft a quarterback, given the history of teams Drafting quarterbacks with Carson Wentz on the roster. Let's just put it that way. At 12, Derek Stinley. This does seem like his floor. I've put Stinley to the Vikings, and I think every single mock draft I've done, after his pro day, he might not be there at 12. But I think 12 is his floor. 13, Houston Texans, Charles Cross. 14, Baltimore Ravens, Jordan Davis. That's just that's just such a quintessential Baltimore pick. At 15, the Eagles, Jermaine Johnson, the pass rusher. At 16... This is the other aspect of this mock draft because a lot of the speculation is the Saints, now with their two first-round picks, they're going to come up to five. But what if they don't? So at 16, they get receiver Garrett Wilson. At 17, you get Trevor Pennon, the offensive tackle, to the Chargers. At 18, Devin Lloyd, the linebacker. absolutely love him. And then at 19, you got Kenny Pickett there. Now, I know they would still need an offensive tackle, and they could perhaps address that a little bit later. And in this mock, they do. But there is a scenario where they could address two different positions. So that is something to watch for the Saints. At 20, Desmond Ritter. 
I remember the first time I did a mock this winter, and I had Ritter at 20, and Steelers fans screamed at me. And now we're hearing Ritter's going inside the top 20. Just saying. At 21, the New England Patriots. Here we go. Trent McDuffie, the corner from Washington. And my cornerback rankings will come out next week. I know there's some concerns about size, arm line, things like that. I love this kid. I He's in my top tier. My, my top four, he's four. But he's a lot closer to like one than some other guys that are talked about at this range of the draft. I'm a huge fan of his game. Watch him cover a shallow crosser, a man coverage situation, playing outside leverage, trying to get through trash and over the top of trash with mesh and things like that, and turn a three-yard throw into a two-yard game. I, I think for what the Patriots will be seeing on a down-to-down basis, he makes a ton of sense. Huge fan of his game. At 22, Green Bay Packers with a needed receiver, Traylon Burks. Just let him run eights and nines, and you'll be okay. At 23, Arizona Cardinals, George Kalfidis, the edge from Purdue. He's weirdly slipping, and I think he's a very solid player, but you know I've seen some mocks where he doesn't even come off the board in the first round. I think David Ojabo was the guy I kept giving to Arizona at 23 in each mock that I had done, but now with Ojabo's injury... I have him slide into the second round, and I actually have the Chiefs drafting him in the second after drafting Boye Mafe in Minnesota, basically saying, yeah, we're going to draft two edges, but one's taking a medical red shirt, so now we get a first-round type guy next year's draft. We've already got our first of our first-round picks. I think that would be a great move for Kansas City, to be honest. At 24, the Dallas Cowboys, Nicobe Dean, my good buddy Connor Livesey, who we host the blogging the boys, talking the draft podcast together. He would be over the moon if this happened. The Buffalo Bills, Andrew Booth, corner from Clemson. Now, Booth is probably CB3 or CB2 on some boards. But if he's here, I think the Bills run to the podium. Tennessee Titans, Zion Johnson, interior offensive line from BC. 27, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Kyrie Elam. The corner from Florida. 28, Devontae Wyatt, defensive lineman from Georgia. I know he's D1, D-line one, one on many boards, but he's two on mine. I love I love Davis. Speaking of somebody else I love, Kansas City Chiefs at 29, George Pickens, wide receiver from Georgia. Might be seemingly a little bit high on some boards, but I'm a huge fan of his game. If he's here, I'm drafting him if I'm Kansas City. At 30, as I said, Boye Mafia, the edge from Minnesota to Kansas City at 31. Tyler Lindebaum to the Bengals at 31. It might be a, a lot of Bengals Twitter is saying corner at 31, but now with basically the top five guys off the board, I think with Linderbaum being there, I know they've added to the offensive line, but the value seems too hard to pass up. And at 32, Matt Corral to the Detroit Lions. I know a lot of Lions fans are saying, look, if you're going to draft a quarterback, do it at two, and if you're not going to do it at two, then don't draft a guy and address something else. But the value seems a bit hard to pass up. Now let's sort of focus on what the Patriots do the rest of this draft. So they're on the clock next in the second round at 54. And I have them going defense again. Pass rusher from South Carolina, Kinsley and Gavare. Again, it's sort of a, a value play. And he's somebody who was getting some like legitimate first-round buzz. Now he's obviously slid a little bit, but to get him there in the second round, I'd be completely fine with that. 
And then we go to their pick in the third round. Finally have them address the receiver position, and it's wide receiver Romeo Dubs from Nevada, who I, I think he didn't crack my top 16, but for many people, he's well inside there. For many people, he's like top 12 in this draft class. You know, when you're studying Carson Strawn, you certainly see the relationship between Dubs and Strawn was very much on point. Two had great chemistry together. And when you're looking at Dubs, you know, explosive X-type guy, vertical guy, can take the top off the defense, dangerous after the catch, pretty good in contested catch situations, but he's not a contested catch receiver. He can separate. His evaluation is, like I said, all over the board because PFF has him, I think, 11 on their board. And well inside the top 100 players. The Draft Network has him, I think he's like wide receiver 20. Something like that. And he's a 154 overall. I mean, again, as I was talking about in last week's Wednesday show, wide receiver valuations are sort of all over the page right now. But, you know, that's that's a look at a potential three-round mock for New England and a potential first-round mock from me. All the picks, of course, are certain to be wrong. But mock drafts are a fun exercise. And let's be honest, kids, they help pay the bills. So thanks for playing along. Up next, your mocks. That's ahead here on episode 233 of this Go Show. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 233 of the Go Show. And it's time for listener mocks. Arguably my favorite time of the year are, are doing the listener mocks. And... It's great to see the input from so many people, the excitement from so many people, uh, the different approaches to roster construction. You know, every once in a while you come across names that I hadn't really considered, but somebody puts them into a mock, and I'm like, you know what? That that makes a ton of sense. And that's happening already. So so I'm excited. It's gonna it's gonna happen here. Because we got the first one in via Twitter, Tim Fitzgerald at T F I T Z Z one one on the bird app. Uh, trades out of 21, just a couple of spots. Arizona Cardinals come up. Patriots slide back. They get uh, a pick in the first at 23 from Arizona and a pick in the third at 87. And we send, or the Patriots send, that pick at 21. A fifth rounder at 158. We know Bill Belichick, hat tip David Archibald, hates fifth rounders. And the pick at uh, 200, which is in the sixth round. And they get Chris Olave at 23. Thanks, everybody. Don't forget to tip your servers. Fantastic right there. And then we trade again. Patriots come up in the second round, move out a 54, and they send that third rounder they receive from Arizona and another fifth rounder at 170 to Jacksonville for the pick of 33 overall for Kyer Elam at 33. Olave and Elam, that's not a bad little start, Tim. At 85, Kellen Deach, the tackle from Arizona State. At 127, Sam Williams, the Mississippi pass rusher. DJ Dale, the defensive tackle from Alabama, 230. And then another trade. In the seventh round, the Patriots come up. Actually, they trade back, it looks like. So they trade out of their pick in the sixth, and they get picks of 230 and 239. And they get De'Ara King, the quarterback slash offensive weapon from Miami. And I like that move, too. And, and King, could you say another Edelman 2.0? Because Ken at the calm, I talked about how he's willing to play receiver. He's willing to play anywhere. Edelman 2.0 vibes. 
Maybe? Now we got a bunch of mocks from the Scotia Slack channel, which, again, if you'd like to be a member, draft season is the best time to do it. Uh, you can hit me up for an invite on Twitter at Mark Schofield. Josh Bowman. So we got another trade here. Patriots slide back with Kansas City. Kansas City comes up. New England gets 29 and 62. Chiefs get 21 and 158. Again, ship it out a fifth rounder. And they get Andrew Booth at 29. That's not bad when you add in the pick at 62 overall. And then a 54, George Pickens. And then another trade. New England gets 68 and 107 in the process. And they give 62 to the Texans. And at 68, Channon Tindall, the linebacker from Georgia. And the Georgia linebackers were such a fascinating study. And Tindall, he's going to be in my top 11 linebackers. That's going to come out. Uh, Thursday of this week on the 14th. At least that's when it's supposed to come up. And he's just a wrecking ball. And I wrote in there, number one, I don't know if a defensive coordinator could sell his general manager on drafting a guy just to spy quarterbacks on third and seven. But if there's a guy you would try that sell job for, it's Tindall. And I think the comparison that I made for him might sell Patriots fans on this one even more because I compared him sort of to Jamie Collins. Just let him wreck stuff. So I'm a huge fan of that. And then there's another couple of trades. The Patriots are on the clock next at 94. Wandale Robinson, sort of a explosive, you know, big play type receiver. Zion McCollum, the corner from Sam Houston State at 107. D'Angelo Malone, the edge from Western Kentucky at 108. Isaiah Spiller at 121. Verone McKinley, the third at 154. Jordan Stout at 200. The Penn State punter. And then at 230, EJ Perry, the Brown quarterback. Incredible athlete. The, the video of the two-handed dunk alone is probably going to get him drafted. And so fantastic stuff there from Josh Bowman. Next mock we're going to look at. Richard via the Scotia Slack channel did a draft network mock draft simulator. Trent McDuffie at 21 signed me up. Kenyon Green at 54. Huge fan of that. Fedarian Mathis. The Alabama defensive tackle at 85. Incredible value. Alec Pierce, the wide receiver from Cincinnati at 127. Max Mitchell, the offensive tackle at 158. Damone Clark at 170, the LSU linebacker, who is also going to be in my top 11 linebackers. Very, very big fan of his game. Massive fan of his game. Um, I think it was the Mississippi State game where he... Back-to-back, like, walk-off sacks to close out that game. Like, effort sacks. They were basically in, like, playing, you know, prevent defense. And he just chased the quarterback down on back-to-back plays for a walk-off, you know, back-to-back walk-off sack situation. And what was interesting was I compared him. I use a lot of Patriots player comparisons, I know. I said he was sort of late-stage Dante Hightower in a way because – LSU, as the season wore on, started to use him on the edge, started to use him as more of a pass rusher. 
and I get that sort of late stage of his career, high tower vibe, at least with respect to his usage. At 200, Isaac Taylor Stewart, the corner. And then at 210, Charlie Kolar, who I think is my tight end, like five, maybe six. I love Kolar, and he's brilliant. Seriously, Charlie Kolar is brilliant. Like I think he's working on a Masters right now. He won the academic Heisman. But to get him at 210, I, I love him. That's a tremendous draft, Richard. Like, one of the comments to that reply was, Richard posted it with, I want to buy this draft to steak dinner. And Josh Bowman replied, if Damone Clark is there at 170, he will buy that draft to steak dinner. So, there you go. JR from the Scotia Show Slack channel. Bernard Raymond at 25 after trading down with the Bills. Leo Chanel at 54. Again, Patriots comparisons, but he reminded me of Juwan Bentley. A two-down thumper that I think can do a little bit more against the pass, but certainly somebody that can stack and shed as an off-ball backer. John Mechie at 73 after a trade with the Colts. James Cook, the back from Georgia, at 93 after a trade with the Niners. Zion McCollum again at 106 after a trade with Jacksonville that involved Nikhil Harry. Neil Farrell. The LSU defensive tackle at 127. Zach Tom, the tackle from Wake Forest at 142. And Jeremiah Moon, the linebacker from Florida at 210. PFF graded that as an A-minus pick, by the way. So good job there from JR. Matt Sejan, uh draft network mock. Olave at 21. Tariq Woolen at 54, who, when I do top 11 corners, he's going to be in there. Ed Ingram, the interior offensive line from LSU at 85. Jack Sanborn, the linebacker at 127. Matt Arazia. Punter won in the draft class. And Matt Miller basically said, if you take away like positional value and all of that stuff and factor in how long somebody's going to play, he might be the top player in this draft. Just throwing it out there. Verone McKinley, the safety at 170. Demarion Williams, the corner at 200. And Joshua Ross, the linebacker, at 210. We get another PFF mock. This one comes in from Russell, who trades out of the first round. Leo Chanel at 43. Perrion Winfrey at 54. Josh Paschal, the pass rusher from Kentucky, at 58. Luke Fortner, another Kentucky player, the center at 85. Zion McCollum, a popular pick at 114. Kyle Phillips, Braxton Berrios on the third band of the day at 127. Chris Paul, the tackle from Tulsa at 158. Marquand McCall, the defensive lineman from Kentucky at 170. Brad Hawkins at 200. And EJ Perry at 210. Fantastic job, Russell. Josefa Patel, a PFF mock. Jameson Williams at 21. I would sign up for that. Roger McCurry at 54. I know there's concerns about length, but I'm fine with drafting with 54. Leo Chanel at 85. John Ridgeway, 127. He's a fascinating study. He's in my top 11 defensive tackles. I think he's he's got certainly the floor of a like two-gap nose tackle in odd fronts, but I think he could do some stuff on the edge. He's got length, so there's some potential there. I'd like to see him round out his pass rushing plan. He's very much a wrestler that wins by leverage. He was a wrestler in high school, um, but I think he can do more. Uh, Chris Paul, the offensive lineman, the interior offensive lineman from Tulsa at 158. Valus Jones Jr., colleague over Touchdown Wire, Larry Fitzpatrick wrote a great piece on him that I'd invite you to check out, the Tennessee wide receiver at 170. Jack Jones, the Arizona State corner at 200. And Cade Mace, Tennessee interior offensive lineman at 210. 
I remember some days where he was talked about as a day one type of pick. And final, I'm going to mention uh, Evan Lazar. They did a mock draft, a live mock draft on Thursday night. Andrew Booth at 21. They trade out of the pick at 54, slide back a little bit. John Mechie at 60. Zach Tom, the tackle from Wake at 91. Another trade, they trade out of 85, slide back to 92. Marcus Jones at 92. Isaiah Thomas, the Oklahoma edge at 132. Cordell Volson, the tackle at 158 from North Dakota State, who's currently coaching. Sort of coaching up, spring ball at North Dakota State. Saw some clips of him working with the offensive lineman. Hassan Haskins, the back from Michigan at 170. Marquan McCaw, excuse me, from Kentucky at 200 overall. Nate Landman, the Colorado linebacker at 210. And Myron Tagalavola Amosa, the edge from Notre Dame at 258. And then in sort of some what looked to be undrafted free agent signings, De'Ari King among those players along with Jordan Stout, the punter from Penn State. So there you go, your first mock draft Monday. Um, for next week, get your mocks in whenever you want because I will be around to respond over the weekend and things like that. But until then, friends, hope you enjoyed it. Um, stay safe, check on your neighbors, check on your loved ones. And when you do, sit along. Bless those Patriots reign. Down and fall.